Well, hey, good morning again, and welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have you guys joining us both here in person, and quick shout out to our family and friends online. Man, who's ready for the Word of God this morning? I'll tell you what, we're just, we're just going to go there. Worship was like next level. We could have went home after that, but... Uh, we're not, amen? And so um, for those of you guys that are maybe joining us for the first time, welcome. And hey, we are uh, in week two of our June series, which we've titled In the Belly of a Whale, right? And we're taking a book, we're taking a book study on the book of Jonah from the Old Testament, which has four chapters. And so each week in the month of June, we're taking one chapter and we're diving in, finding ourselves in the story and learning more about that. And more importantly, what God wants to speak to us through that. If you're not familiar with the book of Jonah. Maybe you didn't grow up in church like I. Uh, maybe you never saw the VeggieTales movie. You have no clue what's going on. What was that thing in the water there on that promo video? Uh, just a really quick recap here. Uh, the book of Jonah is a really short but powerful book, like I mentioned. And it, it follows the story of God's prophet Jonah. God tells Jonah to go and preach repentance to his enemies, these wicked people called the Ninevites. So God says, go. Jonah says, no, and hops on a boat to Tarshish, which is heading 3,000 miles in the opposite direction of what God had called him to do, right? Because of this disobedience, there's a storm at sea, and the sailors are like, what the heck is going on? And Jonah says, throw me off the boat. So they throw him overboard, and the storm stops. But the story doesn't stop there, right? Then it says that God had prepared a great fish or a whale, swallows Jonah up in his mouth and takes him into his belly. And for three days, Jonah is in the belly of the whale. Jonah cries out and, and repents. God spits him out onto dry land. He goes to the people of Nineveh and he preaches repentance. He says, in 40 days, if you don't repent, you're done. You're going to die, right? God, and the Ninevites turn, they repent, they pray, they fast, they turn from their wicked ways. God heals them. He restores them. He does not wipe them out. Then Jonah gets an attitude because he doesn't like that God helped his enemies. How many of you guys ever done that before? Like, I just want him to like burn. I just want him to like, like suffer, right? And so God calls Jonah out on that. And then the book ends and that's how the book ends. And so we're walking through this whole story this month. It's a really powerful story. If you weren't with us last week, we looked at Jonah chapter one, pulled out these three nuggets. Number one, God's word leads the way. We learned that God's word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Amen. God's word is his way and it's the best way. Amen. And so what word is God speaking to you in this season? What theme, good theme has God placed on your heart? It's important for us to lean into that. And it's important for us to be obedient to that. Number two, we learned that running from God is never the answer. Amen. <laughs> right. Jonah ran 3,000 miles. It was a 3,000 mile no, he said to God. And so many times we can do this in our own lives. God says, hey, not now, not time, right person, wrong timing. Give up that relationship, give up that thing. But we're like, no, it's mine. We hold on to it and we go the wrong way and we try to run. Then we run. How many of you guys know you can't hide from God, right? You cannot hide from God. Like I think we get in these functions like, oh, I'm not living right, so I'm not gonna go to church. I'm gonna hide from God. He still sees you. Hello, peekaboo, you're there, right? Like, like oh, I'm, I'm just not going to hang out with that small group this week because I'm just not feeling worthy enough, right? I'm not going to read my Bible because I've already missed it three days in a row, right? And we think like we can run from God. He's like, yo, I'm here, always, right? Running is never the answer. We talked about how, how, how many of you guys know there will, oh, in life, there will always be a boat going in the wrong direction that you're supposed to go, and there's always room enough for you on it, Amen. 
There is always room on that boat that will take you in the exact opposite direction that God has called you to go. Number three, we saw that disobedience opens up the doors to storms, right? Jonah's disobedience caused a storm at sea. Our own disobedience, when God speaks, when he encourages, when he corrects, when he leads, and we choose to do the opposite, it can bring stormy conditions in our lives. And as we saw through chapter one, not only in our lives, are affected, but other people's lives, right? The sailors' lives were in jeopardy. The Ninevites' salvation was in jeopardy if Jonah never manned up and actually did what God called him to do to go preach to them, all right? But today, we're gonna dive into the last verse of chapter one, because we kind of left that hanging there, and it's really important there. And we're gonna look at all of chapter two today in its entirety, all right? But uh, if you guys are note takers and you like titles today, I'm gonna keep it really simple. It is whale food, or way out, okay? We're gonna talk about whale food or way out. Let's open up uh, with a word of prayer to just get our hearts and minds ready to receive from God's word. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for today. We thank you that your presence is here. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is truth. It leads us and guides us. It shows us which way to go. It corrects us. It turns us back around. It gets us back on the right path. And so we lean in to the word of God today. Holy Spirit, speak a fresh word to every heart under the sound of my voice today, Father. We thank you that we leave encouraged. We leave leave ready to do what you've called us to do. If we've been wayward, Lord, if we're off uh, like Jonah is in a different place than where we should be, Lord, I pray that by the power of your spirit and by the power of prayer and repentance today, we will be back on track to fulfill that call and mission that God has for each and every one of us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so open your Bibles. If you brought your Bibles, open your Bibles to Jonah, the book of Jonah. It's about 15 pages to the left of the New Testament. For those of you guys that, like, I don't know what a paper Bible is, turn on your phones, click the Bible app, search for Old Testament, click Jonah. Really easy, right? We're going to dive in. See what I did there? We're going to dive in. It's a really whale of a tail, guys. I'll tell you what. All right, sorry. Bad pastor jokes, all right? We're going to dive in uh, to chapter 1, verse 17, because it really sets the location for the whole chapter 2 that we're going to dive into. So starting in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, remember, this is right after Jonah got thrown in the sea, the sea calm, finally, he's like, whoo, finally, that stopped. What happens next? Verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then we're going to move on to chapter two. I'm going to read it all 10 verses just for the context. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the floods surrounded me and your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me, weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Verse 10, so the Lord spoke to the fish. It vomited Jonah on to dry land. That is chapter two. All right. Wow. Pretty crazy, right? All right. So, so uh, all of chapter two, Jonah spends in the belly of 
a whale, all right? This is, this is a big deal. And before we even get too far into what I believe God wants to encourage us with today, I think it's important that we address the elephant, actually more appropriately, the whale that's in the room. And that is this. I mentioned this last week. Do you guys ever read the Bible and get to stories like this and be like, heck no. Like, I believe this part and this part, but I don't believe this. Like, I, this is really hard to believe. Aren't there some parts of the Bible that is really hard to believe? Here's the deal. We can get stuck on this and not go any further in this. And I believe God wants to show us some things today. I don't have all the answers. I'll be honest with you. I don't have all the answers. But one thing I do, and I mentioned this last week, aren't you glad we serve an unbelievable God? Because if we serve an unbelievable God, he can do unbelievable things. Amen? But if we serve a believable God where we only can see it and we can't, faith, we, nothing, nothing's by faith and it's all by I got to see it and scientifically and logically and through reason it all makes sense. But if it doesn't, it doesn't, then, then we're going to get hung up on this and we won't even listen to a thing we say this whole month, right? Here's the deal. If we believe the word of God is the truth, then the entire word of God is the truth, not just the parts that we understand, not the parts that we're comfortable with, not the parts that we can logically, through reason and through understanding, explain. Because again, we serve an unbelievable God. But as I dive into this this week to study chapter two, I was amazed and my faith was built for the literal possibility of what happened in chapter two. Can, I, can we go here and talk about the great fish for a second, all right? Because everyone's like, what was it, right? right? The Bible says a great fish swallowed Jonah. It does not specifically say whale. We've added that, right, uh, over the years. Both in the Hebrew and the Greek translation of this, it means a large sea creature. Great. Thanks, Lord. So that means on this side of heaven, we will not know for sure what it was, right? Here's what I know. He wasn't mangled, so it's not a shark. A shark would have ate Jonah, not swallowed him whole, nice and neat, right? It wasn't a large grouper, although things are huge, and you could probably get your head inside one of those things, right? It wasn't free willy, all right? It wasn't a killer whale, all right? would have killed him, all right? And as I studied this, there's so many different types of species of whales that this could have been. But the really cool thing was, as I got deeper into this, I was like, okay, I need to get back to my message. But this is fun. I like rabbit trails. You guys love rabbit trails? It is super likely that this was a sperm whale or some kind of descendant from this. Because here's what I know, and here's what they know about sperm whales. 80 tons up to 80 feet long. Huge jaws, easily could swallow a five and a half to six and a half foot man without harming him at all. Just, right? The location, there's a lot of other whales that could do the same thing, but they were never found in the Mediterranean Sea. Sperm whales frequent the Mediterranean Sea in the exact same seas where Jonah would have been sailing on that ship from, uh, from Joppa to Tar Tarshish, all right? So it's, it's the same area. The cool thing about sperm whales is their jaws aren't meant for chewing. They're meant for swallowing prey whole. All right? Many of these guys have been washed up on the shore. They've cut open their bellies and found entire sharks intact and giant squid intact, as large as a man would be, right? They're also deep divers. It's interesting to talk about. Sperm whales are the, the deepest divers. They'll, they'll go even 10,000 feet deep. They, they often look at the continental cliffs here, and they look for the giant squid that come off there on those deep dives. And in Jonah, in chapter 2, verse 6, he said, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. And that messed with me because I'm like, he's in the water. Where, why is he visiting mountains? These moorings or these depths or these foundations of the mountains are these deep continental cliffs down in the deepest parts of the sea where sperm whales swim. 
The other cool thing and oddly gross thing is sperm whales are known for vomiting all over the place. They vomit. Like, they're, they're whale. Like, they throw up a lot. The f- scientists find the stuff in the sea and all of that. So it said the whale vomited Jonah out onto dry land. This, dry land. this, this would be totally practical and believable. All right, you guys going with me so far? So think about this physically. Could any sea creature out there that God created swallow Jonah? We just saw yes, right? Could he even be stuck in his belly? Yes. The unbelievable part comes when how does he survive in a hostile, oxygen-starved, cramped stomach, acidic stomach environment for 72 hours? That's where faith comes in. Amen? Remember, we serve an unbelievable God. If he can do all these other things we've read about in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he can do amazing things. And so I pray that that just helps you out a little bit. We're going to go with whale for our term, all right? If you want Nessie the Loch Ness Monster or some massive screen or Megalodon or, you know, Shark Week or whatever, go for it, all right? You fill in your blank. But it was a great fish that swallowed him up whole, all right? So now that we've got the whole whale thing out of the way, I, I want to dive in for the remainder of our time here. I think God's got three things for each and every one of us that will really help us along in our journey. And the first one is this, number one, sometimes our problem is actually God's protection. Let's talk about this. Let's lean into this because sometimes like, eh, I don't know about that. Jonah chapter one, verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. How many of you guys know sometimes deliverance doesn't always look like how we thought God would do it, amen? Sometimes deliverance and freedom and breakthrough in our life doesn't come in the package that we had anticipated, right? Right? I'm sure Jonah was like, guys, guys, calm down. Just throw my butt overboard. It will all be good, and they do it. And I'm sure Jonah... It's like, God's got me. I'm a prophet of the Lord. There's going to be like a boat that comes along or a piece of driftwood, maybe Leo DiCaprio, like, don't let go, Jack. Like, like something floats over there, and, and he can just get up on there. and, and float. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not far away from an island or something. I can swim to it. I'm sure Jonah expected deliverance and safety in a different way. I'm sure he's never like, Lord, top of my list, bring a sperm whale and swallow me whole. That's not his go-to mode of transportation to get back on track with God, right? But I love this. If we lean into this, God's protection for Jonah, he initiates his protection and his plan for his will by moving Jonah out of the open water and into a new vessel, into the belly of a whale. As, As weird and disgusting as that might be, God protects him from drowning, God protects him from being eaten by sharks. God protects him and allows him time to cry out to him, to repent and get his heart in the right position to go do what God had originally called him to do. Sometimes God's protection comes in unexpected packages, amen? And I've I've experienced this in my own life many times, but one of the ones that we've all kind of been along for the journey here at Alive and the most fresh of this is just simply the fact that we tried to buy this building that we're in right now two times. We tried to buy it twice. <laughs> twice. And every time, both times, they declined our offer. And they were like legit offers. And in that season, we were mad. Oh, we were frustrated. We were confused. God, why? Because we had an urgency to secure a permanent home in the midst of COVID and all this crazy stuff. And you can't meet and you can meet. We wanted a house that whenever we want to stink and meet, we can gather and worship and be the church. 
And so we were on mission with that. We knew God had called us to it, and we thought it was this. But how many of you guys know sometimes our plans and God's plans and all of that? So we, weren't, we weren't missing God, amen, but we were on the right track. But God, sometimes God's protection shows up in different packages, right? You fast forward to where we're at now. Come on, three times the amount of space, three times better than this space God had already prepared. Come on, somebody, for a live family church for future with our new building. And so our problem was actually God's protection. He protected us from overpaying for a building that has no future growth opportunity. Amen? God is so good. Amen? Sometimes we can get all frazzled. We can get frustrated. We hear about stories of these all the time. You're mad because you're running late for this work thing or this party, whatever. You learn later in the day, if you would have left at the exact same time, you would have been in a huge pileup on the freeway. And you're like, whoa. Sometimes our problem is actually God's protection, right? Your flight gets canceled and all your family plans are all frazzled and you're all, gosh, and you find out that a huge storm blew by through the place that you were supposed to be at at that day, but you weren't there because your flight got canceled and you're mad at God. And you're like, God, what the heck? The enemy's all over me. He's like, I'm protecting you, son and daughter. I got your back. Amen. Sometimes some of you youth and kids that you're here today, you're like, mom, dad, get off my back. You're, you're just stifling me. You're micromanaging my life. You're, you're trying to steal all the fun out of my life. And, and God's like, hey, it might be protection for you. Amen? Sometimes your problem is God's protection in your life. And so Jonah gets swallowed up in this new mode of transportation. <laughs> it looks like a problem to him, but it's actually God's love and his protection for him to get him an opportunity to get back on track, amen? Maybe we find yourself, maybe, you, maybe you're frustrated with an issue or problem. Sometimes it's the enemy, John 10, 10. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So don't, we talk about that a lot here, right? Not every problem is God's protection, all right? But sometimes we need to take a step backwards and get God's view and perspective. And sometimes we don't even see it in the moment. It just happens later that revelation comes. But we gotta trust the nature of our Father. He is good, we were singing about him just a minute ago. He is always good, even in the midst of crazy, stormy, whale stomach situations. God is good, and we have to trust his character and trust his goodness to see us through. Amen? So the next important thing as Jonah gets in his new mode of transportation is number two, prayer can deliver you from some low places. Come on, the power of prayer in our lives. Jonah was in a low, deep place, right? God said go, Jonah said no, and so Jonah went low, okay? <laughs> go, no, low, all right? Like, low, low, low. Sorry, all right. Uh, uh, different random things hit my head when I say different words. I'm sorry about that. Pray for your pastor that he would get saved, all right? Uh, just kidding, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we can come back here, honey. The pastor doesn't think he's saved, right? John 3, 16, all right, I got it. Good, good. Jonah deliberately disobeyed God. He ran 3,000 miles away. He's probably thinking, you know what? It's over anyways. I'm a prophet. Prophets speak for God. I said no to God's face, a big no, and I ran. He's probably never gonna speak through me again. Shoot, throw me into the sea. I don't care. If sharks maul me. I die. I drown. I don't care. I'm probably never going to be used by God. Again, can we get in those modes in our own life where we have failures, where we make mistakes? Come on, somebody. And we start, we're our own worst enemy. 
Public enemy number one is ourself, our mind, the way we think about ourselves, the way we talk about ourselves, right? Jonah was in a deep, low mental state. He was in a low, he had bad mental health. You want to put that title on what our culture does? He was not in a good place. And he gets swallowed up by a whale. He finds himself in a dark, cramped belly of a whale. And we get a glimpse of his condition here throughout chapter 2. A couple verses for you. Jonah chapter 2, verse 3 says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. The floods surrounded me. Your billows and your waves passed over me. Verse 5 and 6, he says, The waters surrounded me, even my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds, seaweed, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings or the foundations of these deep cliffs, these mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. He thought it was over. Verse 7, when my soul fainted within me. Go with me on this. I think we'd say the same thing too. If we survived getting chopped by a whale's mouth and found ourselves in the stomach of a whale, I think our soul would faint a little bit. Is this really happening? What is going on here in this cramped, oxygen-deprived, smelly, acidic stomach of a whale? Everyone say, that's low. That is low. After three days, Jonah's in the belly of the whale. Jonah's response was a game changer. And what was his response? It was a heartfelt prayer. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed. Everybody say prayed. He prayed. He didn't freak out. He prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried out, and God, you heard my voice. Verse 7 of chapter 2, when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. And what was the result? We find out, as we know at the end of chapter 2, verse 10, but we understand that Jonah gets delivered. Jonah gets out of the whale's belly. Come on, somebody. God doesn't want to leave you in that place. He is protecting you. You are on a mission. He's just transporting some of you in this season of your life towards frustration, confusion, and guilt, and shame. He's like, get in this vehicle, and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to get you over here to where you are called, where you belong, where you can thrive, where you can flourish. Come on, somebody. God delivered Jonah. He can deliver you. Check it out. Jonah chapter 2, verse 6. He said, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. And he said this. Yet you, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. And then in verse 9, he says, but I will sacrifice you with the voice of thanksgiving, of praise. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. What happens here? God delivers Jonah from a really low, dark place. He lifts him up from the pit. He might have been a pit of the whale's stomach. For you, it might look like a low place, picking you off the floor when you feel like there's no hope to go on. Healing your broken heart after a relationship went south and knowing and showing you that there's hope for the future. There's new life beyond that relationship. Come on, somebody. Picking you up out of that pit and putting you on solid ground. And so I feel like the Lord wants to just challenge us this morning. Do you find yourself in a mess? Do you feel like you're in a low, dark place today in some area of your life? Does your life situation smell like whale stomach, salt water, and seaweed with no light at the end of the tunnel? Do you feel hopeless in your strivings or your dealings in life? Here's what I know. You can either quit or you can cry out. Amen. You can either quit 
or you can cry out. You can either throw in the towel or throw up a prayer from your heart and say, God, I missed it. I've messed up, but this is not the end. You have saved me. You can deliver me. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too impossible for you. Come on, to those who believe, and you can get in with God, and he can do something supernatural in your life. Amen? And so for Jonah, <laughs> it was either whale food or a way out. It was either a whale meal or whale vomit. Pretty gross, right? But one or the other. You pick, right? And man, the crazy thing is we serve a God of love and mercy <laughs> so much who loves to lift lives out of the pit. Amen? Like he loves to lift our lives up out of a mess. And he can use us in spite of us. He can use you in spite of the mess you've made. Because a lot of the issues and junk in our life, as we talked about many times, they're self-inflicted wounds. God said, go, and we said, uh-uh. God said, give up that relationship. He's like, no, I love her. God said, do this or do that. No, I'm going to do my plan. I got my five-year plan. Don't mess it up, Lord. Right? We, 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 we throw it back in his face, and we're like, why are we in this mess? Why are there storms in our life? Why are we in the stinking belly of a whale? But God never leaves us in our mess. Amen? He's, all, he's not scared of your mess. Somebody needs to hear that. He is not scared what mess you are in. He will go to great lengths, great depths. He will go to the bottom of the ocean floor and tell that sperm whale, do not swallow, do not digest that human being. You come up to the surface and you spit him out into his purpose. Come on, somebody. That's the God we serve. King David preached about this. He sang about it in Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. He heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. Amen. He has put a new song in my mouth, a praise to our God. Many will see and fear it and will trust in the Lord. Guys, it may look like a mess right now, but it does not have to be the end. How many of you guys know we serve a God who can do a lot in three days? A lot in three days. Death, burial, and resurrection can happen in three days. Your life can look totally different in three days from now. Come on, somebody. Somebody's life, I, I prophesy, I speak it right now. Somebody's life and that situation is going to look completely different in three days as we respond in prayer and we give it to God and we respond the way he tells us to do it. Amen? It'll look totally different. That's the God we serve. That's number two. You guys all want the last one? You good? Number three, repentance can bring you to a position to fulfill your mission. Repentance can bring you to a position to fulfill your mission. Jonah chapter two, verse 10, it ends this way. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Jonah's response helped position him to fulfill God's plan or God's call and his mission, so to speak, for his life, right? Prayer, repentance, turning back to God. These are the things we see how Jonah responds in this prayer in chapter 2. And, and guys, get this. Jonah just didn't need a direction change, although he did. He didn't just need a mind change, although he did. He needed a heart change, he needed heart transformation. That is true repentance. Repentance means I'm going to turn and go the other direction, but we do it with the right heart. 
How many of you guys are like, sometimes you're like, yeah, I guess I'm, I'll, I'll go this way, Lord. Versus like, God, I'm so sorry. I was over here, but you brought me up out of that pit. I want to never do that again. Let's go this way. Repentance. Jonah chapter two, verse four. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Jonah says, I was going 3,000 miles in the wrong direction, but because of my heart prayer and my repentance, I'm going to look again towards your holy temple. The temple in the Old Testament signified and symbolized God's presence, God's power, God's anointing. I'm gonna stop looking in the wrong direction. I'm gonna start looking again. I'm gonna start turning my life towards God and his presence, AKA he repented. He got it right with God, even when he was not in a right situation. Jonah went from being whale food to a prophet back on a mission. Come on, somebody. Jonah went forward, not backwards. Jonah didn't get digested. He got vomited and spit back out into his plan and his purpose for his life. Repentance will bring you to a position to fulfill your mission. King David, he messed up with a girl named Bathsheba, but how many of you guys know he cried out in Psalm 51? He repented. He called it what it was. It was sin. And now he's still known as a man after God's own heart. Hello. Even Jesus himself, as he was about to go to the cross and he was sweating blood, tears, and sweat. And he said, God, if there be any other way that this cup could pass for me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. He turned away from his fleshly way and he turned towards the presence and the will of God. And how many of you guys know that changed all of our lives? Amen. Repentance will position you for your mission in life. And so practically, man, what does that look like? Sometimes we gotta just get raw and real and say, hey, is there any, is there any sin in our lives that we haven't repented of yet that could be hindering our positioning for God's ultimate plan for our life? Is, have we been going in the wrong direction and we need a turning of heart and a turning of mind and a turning of our physical stature into the right Direction? Do we need to move from just being sorry about our mess up and, and being repentant, right? There's a difference between remorse and repentance. Oh God, I'm sorry about that, but we don't change. Repentance is changing and willfully going the other direction. We'll talk a lot more about repentance next week as we look at the Ninevites and the response as Jonah preaches, but I wanna leave you with this. You're never too far gone for God to bring you up out of a pit. You are never too jacked up, too messed up, too addicted, too blown out for God to get a hold of your heart, to reposition you. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that? Man, I, I, the stories that we even have in the room of how God has been faithful to you, how God has put you up out of a pit and brought you back onto solid, dry ground. That's exactly what happened for Jonah. And here's what I know. If he did it for Jonah, he could do it for you. Amen. If he did it for a prophet of the Old Testament who kind of got it right, kind of didn't, he can do it for you too. Because we're not any better or any worse than Jonah was. Amen. So I pray you're encouraged today. Man, we, may we, some of us, we just need to see beyond our current problem and see God's hand of protection in our life. Amen. And just continue to worship him and keep stepping with him. For some of us, we need to pray. Our response needs to be prayer, not freaking out not posting all this crap on social media about it and making people feel sorry for us, but praying, getting in with the Father and praying a heartfelt prayer that he can answer. Jonah said, he answered me. He wants to answer you. For some of us, we need to allow God to position us for our mission. And, and that comes through heartfelt 
true repentance. God, I'm sorry, and I repent. And so, man, I don't know about you guys, but I could find myself in Jonah's story more times than I like to count. I think that's why God kept it in the book, amen? What made the book made it for a reason. And maybe today you just got over your whole thing. Or maybe, maybe a human actually could be in a whale's belly. And that, that was revelation for you. And you trust God deeper. Awesome. But maybe for some of us, man, we're, called, we're being called to a deeper walk with God. And when I talk about prayer and repentance, this isn't for people that don't know Jesus. Guys, this is for the church too. I think sometimes we point our finger, yeah, those heathen, they need to pray. and They need to repent of their sin. It's like, man, <laughs> what about us? I think the church needs to chew on this one and swallow this one a little bit better. There, is there areas of our life that we're unrepentant and we haven't cried out to God for? That's what really positions us for God's power and his glory in our lives, amen? And so we need God's help for that, amen? So let's go to him in prayer. Let's do what Jonah did. Let's, cr- let's pray, let's cry out. Let's get in with the Lord today and see what he wants to do in our midst. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the example we have in Jonah. Lord God, if we're running from the call of God in our lives, Lord, we can stop in our tracks today. And Lord God, we can say, Father, we're sorry. Father, we've, we ask for your forgiveness. Father, we come back home. We turn our eyes to your temple, to your presence again. We lift up a prayer. We don't throw in the towel. We throw up a prayer. We don't quit. We cry out to you today. And we know that you're a God who's faithful and loving and you hear us. And you respond to that heartfelt prayer. For some of us, Lord, we just see beyond our current circumstance. It may not look good right now. You may be frustrated why that deal has held up or that relationship's on hold or that thing's on pause. But my God might be like, hey, you know what? I'm protecting you from something you don't even know yet. Father, we ask you to help us lean and give us revelation if there's situations in our life where we're mad, busted, and disgusted. But Lord, we need to praise you and just thank you for the protection of God in our lives, Lord. Change our perspective on that. And Father, lastly, if there's areas of our life where we've missed it and we haven't come to you with that and called it what it was and repented of that, Lord, will you clear and cleanse us today? May we give that thing to you and leave it here at your altar in your presence, Father. We love you. We thank you for your supernatural power unleashed that you can take us from a deep belly pit situation and put us back on dry ground. We get our footing underneath us firm and stable under the rock of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quickly before we respond, keep your heads bowed, eyes closed just for a second. If you're here today, you're visiting today, you're tuning in online today, and you'd be honest, you say, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Man, I want to, we're going to pray a prayer all together here in a second. I would love to invite you to do that. Maybe you're at that low place and you've never known that you could have hope in Christ. Today is your day of salvation. Maybe you prayed that prayer a long time ago, but you haven't been walking with God and it's time to come back home. Time to renew your commitment to him and have that marked moment with him. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, both here in person and online, If you want to be joined in on this prayer just for a moment, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I can pray with today? If that would be anybody here that says, you know what, I'm I'm ready to do that. I'm unashamed of that. I need prayer for my life online as well. This is for you as well. Would you guys all pray this prayer of faith with me? Would you repeat this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your cross and your shed blood. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So be it. Praise God. Hey, a message like this is waiting. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.